Welcome to the Allegory of Spots podcast series. Thanks for joining. In each episode, we introduce a new spot. We talk about how spots hinder our progression mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and physically, and how to overcome any spot that may be holding you back. As you begin to move and apply the things you learn, you'll start to see weaknesses become strengths, and you'll begin to see and feel greater light come into your lives. I am Lisa, and welcome to this episode of the Allegory of Spots for the Word Covet. Do you remember Moses and the Ten Commandments? Do you remember what the Tenth Commandment is? It is thou shalt not covet. In the Old Testament, there are a couple of sets of the Ten Commandments and also references to the Ten Commandments in the book of Leviticus. In Exodus chapter 20, verse 17, Thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's house. Thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's wife, nor his manservant, nor his maidservant, nor his ox, nor his ass, nor anything that is thy neighbor's. And from Deuteronomy chapter 5, verse 21, Neither shalt thou desire thy neighbor's wife, neither shalt thou covet thy neighbor's house, his field, or his manservant, or his maidservant, his ox, or his ass, or anything that is thy neighbor's. To covet is when we desire something that someone else has. We desire what belongs to our neighbor. As we learn about spots and sins, we know now that a spot such as covet comes when we are acted upon by Satan. It started when Cain chose to listen to Satan. Cain did covet what Abel had, to the extreme point when Cain killed his brother Abel to get what belonged to Abel, to get gain over another. Cain was acted upon by Satan. Are we being acted upon by Satan when we desire and covet something we do not have? Are you consumed by a desire? Consider this from the New Testament in Matthew chapter 6, verse 21. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Our treasures may be material things. Do you long for your neighbor's home or a car? Or as the scripture says, anything that is your neighbor's that you do not have? Oh, a treasure or coveting could also include designs on your co-worker's position or to be accepted by a particular group in the workplace. To covet, to long for it so much that you change. When we make a choice to compromise our integrity, the changes may occur in small and subtle ways, by degrees. As the person begins to adapt and become comfortable with the changes, the more comfortable they become, the more changes are enacted. The change is so small that the person does not even see what is occurring until it is too late. Or they may become emboldened by their choice and fully embrace their new approach. I'm sure perhaps you have seen people change when they are consumed and choose to covet something and then they try to obtain it. Satan is busy making evil things look desirable often with a disguise of just enough good to hide the evil where many of us fall onto a path to destruction. There is the well-known fable of the frog and a vessel of water. Suppose you need to boil a frog. 
You could place the frog into a pot of hot water, but as soon as it feels the heat, it will jump out. How do you do it? When the frog is put into a pot of cool water on the stove, it does not sense danger. The frog chooses to stay. Next, the burner is on low to slowly heat the water. As the water warms, the frog relaxes. The warmth feels good. As the water gets hotter, it acts like a steam bath, draining away energy and deepening the frog's relaxation. The frog becomes sleepy and has less and less energy while the water is getting hotter and hotter. By the time the frog realizes its danger, the water is beginning to boil and it is too late to take action. There is neither time nor energy left to do anything. The frog perishes in the boiling water. So what is the lesson from this fable? Yes, the story, the fable, is about a frog. And more importantly, this story, this allegory, applies to each of us. Many people go through life without noticing the gradual changes in their choices. As these gradual changes continue, we become accustomed to them. We begin to look the other way and begin to not notice or pay attention or recognize what is happening. It happens in degrees or a piece by piece until which time it is too late to make changes as the cloth is already cut. We move from a place of safety to a point where people begin to call good evil and evil good. Unfortunately, this describes our current world. We have moved into danger. We know it. We know Satan is everywhere with small and big displays of calling good evil and evil good. It is showing on the world stage. Countries covet other countries. But we can recognize what is happening if and when our spirit is aligned with God because we sense the evil with every fiber of our being. Emotionally, mentally, physically, and spiritually, we know it. Do you recall the verse from the Old Testament in Isaiah chapter 5, verse 20? Woe unto them that call evil good and good evil, that put darkness for light and light for darkness, that put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. God knew this would be as we have our agency to choose. God gave us the way to not covet. It is when we follow the two great commandments. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment, and the second is like unto it, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. When we choose good, our focus changes from what we do not have. Our treasure and heart are focused on what we do have. You love God, and you are consumed by his love. Your desire is to love your neighbor as thyself, as your time and energy is consumed with what is best for your neighbor and for yourself. The focus is on what is needed for good to prevail and walk out of the darkness into his light. Oh, the beautiful simplicity in the power of God's words. From Romans chapter 13, verses 8 through 10. Owe no man anything but to love one another, for he that loveth another hath fulfilled the law. For this, 
Thou shalt not commit adultery. Thou shalt not kill. Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not bear false witness. Thou shalt not covet. And if there be any other commandment, it is briefly comprehended in this saying, namely, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Love worketh no ill to his neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfilling of the law. At the end of each episode, you'll hear us repeat the steps on how to remove your spots. It's simple. There are four steps in the process. Number one, start by making a comprehensive list of all the things in your life that you need to get rid of, or repent of, or even be healed from. You'll know when your list is complete, when you feel you've included all the items that come to mind. Number two, take an inventory of what you're feeding your spirit. Because what you feed your spirit is what feeds your flesh. Your body will follow your spirit. Number three, now that you've identified the spots, let's get rid of them or cast them off. And here's how you do that. Present your list to God through prayer. Ask Him for help. Ask Him to remove your spots, to literally take them from you. Ask God to remove and offload all your burdens, your stresses, and your concerns. Stop trying to carry them alone. They weren't meant for you to carry. And number four, once you've finished steps one through three, it's time to start the process again. Only this time, dig a little deeper into your soul, searching out even the smallest of spots you might have overlooked or not even recognized. Ask God to reveal them. He has a way of bringing them to the surface. And finally, continue these steps until you've completely cleansed yourselves of any and all spots. Then move forward day by day using the atonement of Jesus Christ to keep yourself unspotted.